the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 800-516-1228 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1228 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We talk about the stock market. The GOP healthcare vote is on hold. Of course, you know there's a lot of healthcare stocks out there, right? And it's a big part of our economy, 20 plus percent. Some of your investment dollars need to be in the sector. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's plans to delay the vote until Senator John McCain recovers from surgery to remove a blood clot from above his left eye. Again, brings up what will this presidency accomplish as far as helping the economy, as far as helping the stock market? Helping the economy typically helps the stock market. That's the general idea. China's economy today is topping expectation. That's another big headline in the news. The Chinese economy grew at 6.9% year-over-year clip in the second quarter. That's according to the National Bureau of Statistics data. It was the 10th straight gross domestic product uh, GDP number report that was either in line or within one-tenth of one percent, which a lot of people would say, hmm, that's a little fishy. They're pretty good at this, guesstimating their economy or they managing it. Um, elsewhere in the world of news, euro area inflation printed up 1.3% year over year, a bit slower than the expected 1.4%. Inflation's kind of funny. It's kind of like Goldilocks. 2% is cold. 4% is too hot. 3% a little bit too warm too. So seeing those numbers under 2%, it, it helps. It helps because our purchasing power, that helps. Um, but it also tells you that the economy is not chugging along. Because a chugging along economy tends to help um, the stock market tied towards inflation. So you want to see a little bit of inflation. Elsewhere, the market sees a 40% chance that the Federal Reserve will lift its benchmark interest rate before the end of the year. Uh, That's according to Bloomberg's world interest rate probability data. Now, again, interest rates are tied towards what you can borrow for a home. Interest rates are tied towards your credit cards. Interest rates are um, 
tied towards corporate borrowing. You know, when a company like Apple builds a super big space station type new office space, they borrow billions of dollars. And when they're borrowing with A-plus credit or close to A-plus credit and interest rates are low, they get a pretty easy chance to get a better return on investment. Um, Elsewhere out there, China's steel production hit a record high. Uh, This should probably make Bruce Springsteen and Glory Days cry just a little bit. The NVS said steel output surged 5.7% to 73.2 million tons in June, topping the previous record of 72.7 million tons reported in April. So China continues to produce and work their way into what will eventually be, in my lifetime, the world's top economy. Cryptocurrencies got rocked over the weekend. Bitcoin fell by nearly 20% to a low of 1758 a coin. Ethereum, which is a dumb name in my opinion, plunged by about 25% to a low of 140 in Ether. Both have recouped a portion of those losses. 800-516-1220. I'm hitting some of the top headline news as we start the day. Friday afternoon, um, a Wall Street Journal report surfaced suggesting that Sprint's chairman... Uh, Masiana Sean approached both Warren Buffett and cable mogul John Malone about a deal while attending the Allen & Company annual conference in Sun Valley, Idaho. That is an area that's actually pretty darn cool. And once a year, billionaires, millionaires, um, CEOs all get together and uh, hang out and uh, talk about, let's make a deal. How are you doing? Um, I think you should go talk to that guy. And uh, that Sun Valley, Idaho conference is pretty darn cool. Elsewhere, the world of the War for the Planet at Apes won the box office. A little disappointing. $56 plus million at the box office this weekend. That was under expectations. So expectations. We're in earnings season, and there's expectations on how will Apple do? How will Apple not do? Same thing with things like War for the Planet of Apes. Um, how will Bank of America do? There's expectations, and people have written down numbers, and they've got the basic idea. They've gotten updates from the company. So it's pretty well planned out and laid out on a lot of levels. So War for the Planet of the Apes won the box office, um, but it was a little disappointing. So, you know, the heads at that studio, will they be rewarded and or not? Kind of a silly thought, right? Uh, but, and this is a big but, and I do like big butts, I cannot lie. Um... It just shows you again that, you know, I want you to look at Wall Street as product, much like you look at movie th- movies as product, right? Elsewhere out there, uh, China's, China's Shanghai composite lagged. Britain's FTSE lagged, uh, was up slightly. Um, so we're working with that kind of data today. Uh, Empire Manufacturing is due out this morning. Um, we also get the U.S. 10-year Treasury sitting at about 2.31%. So since this is essentially... Uh, a new concept for a lot of people investing. Uh, a 2.3% on a 10-year yield is pretty low. And it tells you that the Federal Reserve is doing their very best to try to stimulate the economy by managing monetary policy. And uh, that should be enough for you to know, okay, low cost of money, You know, maybe I'll go get a mortgage, maybe uh, I'll get another credit card. Some of these things look better than others. And uh, that's where people are running. The mega banks are reporting earnings. Um, the idea that I want you to start thinking about at this point in time is 
the worst things any trader can do typically is overtrade um, when there's nothing to do. Like you go in and you're like, oh, uh, Bank of America's at 23. I saw it had a high of 25. I've seen it had a low of 22. <clears throat> Huge mistake to do something when there's nothing to be done. Um, entering a trade without an exit plan. If you can't write down five reasons to buy a stock, five reasons to sell a stock, don't do it. Trading to get back your gains. It's called revenge trading. <laughs> I'm not sure it's quite like revenge porn, but um, Rob Kardashian's in trouble because he's posted pictures of his ex uh, with uh, little clothes on and did a little body shaving. State of California, you're not allowed to revenge porn, but you also probably shouldn't revenge trade where you're trying to say, Okay, the market's up 5% this year. I'm down 5%. percent i got to head that big home run to fix things. Uh, don't blame anyone but yourself for your losses. Don't blame the company. Don't blame the market. Don't blame Donald Trump. Blame yourself uh, for your losses and your performance issues. Uh, another quick thought there is uh, letting the outside media or opinions influence your trading strategies. Is As an investor, you need to be very cautious not to get into a scenario where you're you know, caught up in the media. Um, Market's hit an all-time high today. CNBC, let's go to Dow 23,000 Special Edition. Do you know what I'm saying? Try not to get into that. Um, If you're a trader, you're typically playing with 1% to 2% of your total capital. If you're an investor, maybe you're looking for... um, Instead of up to 50 to 70 positions of trading... Maybe you're looking for 15 to 25 stocks to hold. So thinking trading is easy after you've had a winning streak is a little bit on the cocky side. And I would try to avoid that. A lot of people have mistaken luck for real skill or edge. And uh, it's very tough to identify. So you make a little bit of money here. You have a nice trade there. Suddenly you think you're all that and a bucket of chicken. Be cautious. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I am live. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Back in high school. We don't deal with outsiders very well. They say newcomers have a certain smell. Yeah, trust issues. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. Um, I like to educate you about stocks and investing. That's kind of my goal. Sometimes I'm better at it than others. I know that. So try not to hold it too much against me. Um, I'm good with that. <laughs> so um, Whether it be companies like NVIDIA, and semiconductors are going to have a great first half of the year, and then the back half, it's questionable. And that's typically how things work on Wall Street. And what I mean by that is... We kind of get our chest beaten up and puffing out and kind of ape-like <laughs> when we're talking about, how's the year look? Great. It looks great. It looks great, Jeff. Doesn't it look great, Jeff? It looks great, Jeff. And uh, 
then as the year goes on, we're like, okay, we need to tighten this a little bit. There are expectations that are met, and if you meet them, Wall Street goes not necessarily like, ooh, because sometimes companies like Amazon and they're, sometimes they blow out numbers and sometimes they underperform, and sometimes companies like NVIDIA blow out numbers and then they blow out numbers again, and you kind of get used to it, and when they do an underperform quarter, you're like, what's going on with that? So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, Amazon.com is one of those stocks that a lot of people have a fascination with. Today, UBS, a big research group, uh, recently raised its 12-month price target on Amazon to 1200 from 1100 The firm also described a bullish scenario that could see the shares take off as much as 60% higher. UBS bullishness is about CEO Jeff Bezos leveraging four long-tailed opportunities in prime third-party sellers, advertising, and Amazon Web Services. So have you ever heard Amazon described like that? Typically not. I'll go over it one more time, but Earth's biggest bookstore has become Earth's biggest everything store. Expansion has propelled Amazon.com in innumerable directions. While the websites still offer millions of books, movies, games, and music, um, selling other items, electronics, apparel, accessories, clothes, auto parts, home furnishings, toys, groceries, beauty aids, health. You know, um, I put a little skin lotion, a little lotion on, uh, to keep my skin looking as non-sun damaged as possible. Uh, those sales account for about two thirds of sales. But you can also download ebooks, games, MP3s, films. Um, I saw someone compare Amazon's films that you can buy to Apple's iTunes. You can buy music at Amazon. You can buy movies at Amazon. Very similar to what you can at Apple. And part of what Apple has is called services, where you can also you know buy gigs of storage on a monthly basis. So. Uh, so that's how you typically hear Amazon described, but I tried to do it in a different way here for you so that you can kind of see um, the way Wall Street thinks. They look at it as prime, third-party sellers, advertising, and web services. I saw that one of Amazon's competitors got hit hard after Amazon patented a home delivery, home food delivery word. So Blue Apron got hit on that news. Isn't that funny how that works? Um, so Blue Apron, ticker symbol APRN, um, but Amazon files the meal kits, trademark, um, prepared food kits, ready for cooking and assembly as a meal. And they just bought Whole Foods. You kind of see how Wall Street's thinking. So you see Blue Apron get hit on that news. Amazon's a $1,000 stock, and that doesn't really mean anything. What you should be looking at is its market cap. How big is it? And how big can they get? And that's what that analyst is saying. Amazon has a market cap of about $478 billion. And for some reason, he's comparing it to Apple, who has a $777 billion market cap. And that's when you're getting kind of big. As I like to say, you're a biggin'. Um, so back to Amazon real quick, I'm trying to focus a thought here. I'm not ADD, 
But the analyst says it could hit 1,600, even though they're really saying 1,200 at this point in time. But they say 1,600 is based on Amazon growing North American and international sales by more than what people expect. That's upside would be driven by better than expected sales, stemming from Prime subscriber. Success in new geographies and new product verticals with its e-commerce competency. Better than expected overall retail sales. Um, Little to no long-term headwinds stemming from hardware software service sales from competitors such as Apple and Google. So that's a tough one to digest. But Amazon's a $1,000 stock, and seeing that much upside for a big company, that's pretty impressive. It's almost like Giselle Boonshin getting 60% more beautiful. And that's a bad example because I don't know my supermodels. I know my business models. I don't know my supermodels. Machi machi. Um, I don't even know what that means, but machi machi. Amazon sales broke records, growing over 60% when they had the Amazon Prime Day. And what was funny about it is that when it was up and coming, I was like, I don't care about that. That's not all that for me. Um, And then I ended up ordering a, 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 not a grocery, (laughs) Um, a suitcase and a couple other things. So I did ultimately end up caring about it. And uh, it was a big day. So they made up a holiday in the middle of summer that kind of plays off Alibaba, which is a stock I like very much uh, for the long-term patient investor. It's not for everyone because it's got a Chinese angle on it. And a lot of people look at Trump and not liking the Chinese. But I think the reality is that's not the reality. I think the reality is that this is, um, uh, Alibaba is more of a play on distribution than manufacturing. So Prime Day sales soared 60%. There was a record number of customers signing up for Prime, which is $99 a year or 10.99 a month. Tens of millions of Prime members shopped on Prime Day. The record addition to Prime bodes well for the company's future because it's kind of a subscription model, a lot like Costco, where you pay you know $100 or $130 for an executive membership per year. There were 50% more Prime members who made a purchase year over year. Um, that's impressive. Amazon proved it's able to attract a much broader spectrum of its members. The Amazon Echo device purchases were more than seven times higher. That's kind of ant to me because that might be off of a low number, but Amazon's Alexa-enabled smart speaker sales soared. Some of its best deals for its Echo devices included 50% off its Echo speaker, which was 50% off and priced at $89.99, and its smaller Echo Dot, which was $15 off for just $34.99. The Echo Dot was its best-selling product, which I've used, and it's underwhelming. It's cool. I like it. The audio's eh. So the home speaker business, Apple is going to try to get into dominating the music and services and Siri services. Amazon's going to try to dominate sales through a home speaker. And Google's going to try to automate other devices in your house through their speaker. Prime member orders on Amazon's mobile app more than doubled, which is impressive because, again, they're able to push ideas to you. So closing up the thought on Amazon... Um, their acquisition of Whole Foods is one of the most recent examples of, of the company's ambitions to drive greater wallet share. Think about that for a second. Based on evidence, um, 75% of respondents to a recent survey said that they had never shopped for groceries on Amazon before.
Station. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is Hyam. Three Sisters. I just bought the whole album, which is a weird thing to say in the age and of iTunes and streaming. I kind of like financially rewarding bands that I like. The harmony that the three girls are doing here, pretty good. One song on the album sounds amazingly like Fleetwood Mac. Another one sounds a lot like the Eagles. Another one sounds like... So, is it original? Not the most original. I kind of hope they work with a producer down the road like a Pharrell. Uh, because I think there's a lot of talent. But trying to figure that out, I think, is going to be tough to unlock. Um, they also have another song that's big right now called Right Now. <laughs> um, anyway, you can find me online at robblackshow.com. Oh, snap. So one of the things to become a better investor is to learn some behavioral issues about yourself. And do you remember the great financial crisis in 2008 to 2010-ish? It was precipitated by a real estate market that was wrong, lending way too much money to way too many people without qualifications and without time horizons and without understanding of how much risk there were. The Great Financial Crisis shook a lot of trees. Not family trees. Not orange trees, but trees, and I don't know what type of trees we're talking about. Um, a lot of economists, a lot of investors, a lot of traders, all kind of, you know, had to question themselves. And if you can't come up with a list of ten things or five things that you learned from the Great Recession, you know, that's kind of odd. Oh, for the record, I recently saw that Caitlyn Jenner might run for Senate. And the first thought that I had was, boy, um, the Republicans were looking kind of bad because Trump is so unfavorable. But a lot of people think that Caitlyn Jenner won the election for Trump because it kind of got the middle part of America furious that here's a woman with a TV show and you know cameras are pointing on her and this is what America is now. Ain't that America, you and me. And people and I were like, that ain't me. I'm going to go vote. Um, Which is interesting because Caitlyn Jenner says she's fiscally a Republican. And she goes, the LGBT issues that I would want to educate the world on are Democratic. But she goes, I'd probably rather approach this thing from being a, a Republican. That's my Caitlyn Jenner impression. Thank you very much. Um, but anyway, that's kind of interesting because we're starting to head towards an election. But anyway, I want to talk about 15 things, roughly, um, that we've learned from the financial crisis and the aftermath. And again, I don't know, do you look at yourself as an investor, a trader, an economist? I used to know a guy named Roger Arnold who said he was an economist. But what he really was, he had no training in the economy. What he really was was a real estate agent, uh, a mortgage guy, which I found interesting. Um, I identify myself as an investor and kind of a market studier. I'll, I'll do a trade if it falls in my lap, but it's not what I'm looking for. So one thing that I learned was potential growth in developed economies is lower than it was before the great financial crisis. 
And policies can't do a lot about that. Um, whatever your policy inclinations are, as much as we want that to you know, be the case, um, developed economies, um, the United States, a lot of Europe, uh, China, um, we tried to do our best to kind of like say, let's, let's throw down a trillion dollars on infrastructure. Let's throw down, you know, cash for clunkers. Let's do this. Let's do that. And none of it really caught on as far as, you know, getting us back to 3% growth versus that 2% GDP growth. The interest rate sensitivity is another thing that I learned of economic activity is far less than what was believed to be the case. Printing money can cause inflation, which is a lesson the Federal Reserve has taught us, but doesn't always. And there's something called a money supply, and I'm not going to bore you with it. But when you print money, it can cause inflation because you're basically lowering the cost of money. There's more of it, supply and demand. Asking what are the conditions under which it is likely to, um, and if those conditions are obtained is the smart question. So a lot of people saw the Federal Reserve lower interest rates, lower interest rates, lower interest rates. Then they started printing money and buying our own debt, and that lowered interest rates, lowered interest rates, lowered interest rates. Um, and you would have thought the 30-year and the 10-year would have started going in some slightly different directions, but that wasn't the case. There was just a market that was smarter than the Federal Reserve. Another idea that you should have learned was the economic channel of monetary policy and financial channel of monetary policy have to be thought through jointly and separately and often have very different requirements and, you know, uh, equilibrating dynamics. Our government and what they say... You know, okay, let's cut taxes and throw that tax money. People will be smart enough to go stimulate the economy. So that's when you start getting into the idea of um, the fiscal policies that our government comes up with. And the monetary policy, where you lower the cost of money, it doesn't stimulate everyone. A lot of people could look at the data and say that um, African Americans in the United States, since the Great Recession, haven't had as many opportunities as whites and Latinos in America. Um, another big lesson that I learned was oil matters less. Um, a lot of people see the price of oil at 30 as, woe is me, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And they see oil at 150 is like, everybody's booming. Every economy is rocking and rolling. People are dying to get their money on oil, or their hands on oil. So it didn't help the consumer as much as forecast when oil prices fell. And didn't hurt GDP as much as people had suggested it would. Oil intensity, the the big part of how it plays in GDP or how it plays into the consumption uh, area of the consumer is far lower than a lot of people observed, consciously and unconsciously, that they had anchored on it. Um, I recently saw a report out on people in cities are driving more and people in rural areas are driving less. You're like, whoa, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, the overall commodity intensity of output has declined significantly and will continue to do so. And it's some sense the, the very definition of technological advancement. We used to look at the price of commodities, and as they went higher, we assumed correctly that the economies were working harder and were expanding faster. But that kind of disentangled in the recent recession. The recent recession is 2008, so we're pretty long into... Uh, growth. 
wage inflation per increment of GDP has been systemically lower than thought. And there's a lot of transitory shocks is a lesson we learned. And we learned it through the headlines of uh, Occupy Wall Street. And I could, you know, as a parent, you could look at inflation and go, this bugs me a lot that there's not a lot of wage inflation because in the last 15 years, I built a wonderful career. But will that ability to build a wonderful career or climb the corporate ladder be there for children? And I believe the children are our future. Um, there's some thought there, you know. It's food for thought, right? Hopefully. Um, and hopefully you get a little worried by it and hopefully you want to take a little bit better care of your kid. I've got a boss. I work in radio and television. I work at Channel 4 uh, Television in Quran, uh in San Francisco. And also I work in radio. And one of the things that I could tell you is that one of my bosses is like, you know, I got my son through high school and now he's on his own. I'm like, whew, I almost think that's child abuse. And it's not, but every parent looks at things differently, right? But I don't think his kids better, I don't think children today are going to be better positioned than children of the last generation or the generation before it. Um, I think robots are going to really, and automation, and kiosks. I look at a kiosk as a robot, just so you know. I don't look at a Roomba as a robot. You know, have you ever have a Roomba? A Roomba, one of those little uh, house vacuuming things. It doesn't know what dog poop is, so it runs over it. You're coming home to a huge mess, just so you know. So emerging markets have structurally changed, I think, for the better. That's another thing that I've learned. Um, when things are going great in the United States, I'm more inclined to look to emerging markets and Europe for investment ideas. And when things are going great there, I'm more inclined to look here. So I like to buy low. I like to buy into underperforming markets. But I feel that emerging markets have, have improved for the better. What else did I learn from the big recession of 2008, the Great Recession, is that government intervention is a necessary evil in financial crises. Um, bailing out GM, bailing out Bear Stearns or Lehman, at least the effort of it can slow down the chaos. It doesn't mean that GM deserves to be in business forever, but to slow down and intervene, you know, a path of dependency is dominant and circuit breaking and the self-reinforcing downward spiral of panic is essential. Just stopping that. Economics should be used for diagnostic purposes, not predicative ones. Um, a lot of people try to say, well, you know, this number means that, therefore I'm going to do that. I learned that the Mexican peso is not a petro currency because Mexico actually imports more petroleum products than it exports. I learned that Brazilian growth is driven primarily by domestic credit, not commodity exports. And I also learned that very few investors can disentangle their political preferences from economic analysis. Be careful on your political affiliations and investing. Black now. 800 
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. We're in earnings season. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Um, earnings season's fun for me. Uh, you get to see Netflix report numbers tonight. How are they doing? Over 50 companies report earnings this week, including Netflix, Goldman, IBM, Visa, and Microsoft. The S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average are both up 10% year to date. Whoa! That's not bad. That's not bad at all. So, I want people to feel pretty comfortable that investing is a good thing and not necessarily... A lot of people see it as controlled gambling, and that just... I'm going to say it pisses me off, uh, because it's not gambling when you're up 7 out of 10 years. Try to get up 7 out of 10 hands in blackjack or poker or uh, anything else. It's tough. Last Friday, we heard earnings from J.P. Morgan, Citibank, and Wells Fargo. Now we're going to hear from Bank of America and Goldman Sachs. Bank stocks have caused a lot of chatter lately because their importance to markets in a rising interest rate environment. As interest rates rise, banks make more money, in theory. Um, the Feds have raised rates twice. Now they're expected to only raise one more time this year because Janet Yellen got in front of Congress last week and said so. Well, she didn't say that, but that's what we kind of took from it. So tomorrow we get Goldman and Bank of America. I think they're going to be the ones to watch. You also get IBM and Goldman Sachs and Johnson & Johnson. Johnson Johnson has been making no more tears shampoo since, well, babies were around, right? Wednesday we get China and the Trump administration having some official talks. This could have massive implications on trade and every China stock that is an ADR in the United States. Um, get ready for the headlines to hit mainstream media in force starting on Wednesday. You also get earnings out of Qualcomm, American Express, um, Alcoa, Morgan Stanley. On Wednesday, you also get the NBA mortgage applications as well. Thursday, you get Microsoft, eBay, you get Sawtuck, Intuitive Surgical, um, you get Visa. So you get some good ones, Blackstone. And you also get the jobless claims, leading indicators, and natural gas report. So Wednesday you get the petroleum, oil. So there's a lot on the economic calendar this week. Uh, Friday you don't get as many earnings. Um, typically kind of rude to report earnings on Friday. Whoops, we're going to slip into the weekend. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Uh, General Electric is getting a new CEO, and the stock's had a rough 2017. It's down 15% year-to-date, and market's up 10%. That, to me, might be trading opportunity or chance to get in as investment, if that's your type of investment. General Electric needs a, a turnaround spark when they report. What will they say? I think it's worthy of note that I said just what I said there. I don't need to beat it up. I don't need to be right. I don't need anything like that. Um, it's just not my nature. It's not who I am. One of the things I want to talk about in research is... A lot of research analysts give stars a strong buy. I'm sorry, a lot of research analysts give stocks either stars 
or strong buy. They have, everyone has their own rating system, and you don't necessarily know it. Like a one star is a strong sell, two stars is a sell, three stars is a hold, four stars is a buy, five stars is a strong buy. But like, what is the A strong sell? It means the total return is expected to underperform the total return of the relevant benchmark by a wide margin over the next 12 months. A sell means the total return is expected to underperform the total return of the relevant benchmark over the coming 12 months, and the share price is not anticipated to show gain. A hold is the total return is expected to closely approximate the total return of a relevant benchmark over the coming 12 months, with shares generally rising in price on an absolute basis. Four stars, which is a buy, is the total return is expected to outperform the total return of a relevant benchmark over the coming 12 months, with shares rising in price on an absolute basis. Five stars, which is a strong buy, means the total return is expected to outperform the total return of a relevant benchmark by a wide margin of the coming 12 months with shares rising in price on an absolute basis. Now, there's a lot of jargon in those terms. And you need to be very, very cautious because analysts look at a lot of things. Um, and they don't know you. And a lot of people will go, well, I heard that Morgan Stanley guy just raised Apple to $182 price target. Okay. Um, but, you know, an analyst might be looking at you know, Apple has hired former YouTube and Spotify executive, and he's going to report directly to Eddie Q. Um, the guy that they hired while he was working at YouTube worked to secure licensed content from companies like Disney for streaming. After his tenure at YouTube, he spent two years at Spotify working on its video and podcasting efforts, licensing content from Time Warner, Disney, and NBC. So when I see that kind of built into an analyst's qual- uh, expectations on a stock... In this case, it's Apple. I'm thinking Apple's going, they've hired someone to you know, get some video content, right? This is what the guy's done in the past. So Apple just had their developers conference, and you know, there's some positive enhancements to the iOS and a much smarter Siri. The most notable iOS updates are a redesigned App Store, new map features, um, like mall floor plans and lane guidance, new camera features, and an augmented reality developer platform. So Apple's mostly uh, internal refreshed MacBooks in their new 10.5-inch MacBook iPad Pro. They also introduced a HomePod and new Siri-based home speaker system at 349 which is people expect to sell well given superior sound quality uh, relative to its peers. So you never really know what an analyst is thinking. And that's... Sometimes they'll say, in the PC space, Apple expects to... to be less bad and like what's that mean so be cautious but you know read research reports if you've never done it I think you've learned a lot about the competitive landscape you can look at a lot about the overview and much much more you can find me online at robblackshow.com it's robblackshow.com Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.